Hey, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to my podcast, Public Comment. I am your host, Smitty, S-M-I-T-T-Y. I know that sounds uh, odd because on the uh, actual uh, name of the podcast, it says Edward Russell Jr. We are the same. Uh, my mother and father bestowed Smitty upon me when I was born and it's stuck ever since. So the entire family and friends circle that I have uh, use Smitty. Um, I'm cool with it. It works for me. I hope you're cool with it. Hope it clears some things up. Not trying to confuse the people. As I am new to the podcast scene, um, just trying to make my way. Don't want to have any confusions there. Um, so Smitty it is. And uh, again, welcome. Today, unfortunately, I do not have any guests for you. Uh, with the end of the year coming, uh, I thought it would be best with hectic schedules to just wait till after the new year, get everybody's schedules lined out. That way there, uh, I'm not rushing and just trying to just uh, give you information that I don't think is of good quality. So I just want to make sure that we take our time to get those people in place, make sure the information is gathered properly. And that way there, it can get out to the people that it needs to get out to because that is one of the purposes of this podcast is to make sure that information gets sent out to the people that is designed to get out to and to help uh, for whatever that particular piece of information is for, i.e. domestic violence, i.e where to go for help with uh, any particular crimes or incidents that you may be involved with or had occur on you, or just other general information as far as community services, uh, city services, educational services, things of that nature. So uh, again, I just want to make sure that uh, it's quality information being disseminated to you. And um, so I thought in the meantime, uh, I, I would just take this chance, this opportunity for this episode to kind of focus on basically a public comment. Uh, and I was given the opportunity through Anchor uh, FM to do a sponsorship ad. And uh, I had different um, sponsors I could choose from, but the one that stood out to me, uh, obviously, uh, because it was basically the origin of, of my podcast was a sponsorship for inclusion and diversity, you know, and inclusion and diversity, uh, as it is the, the, the main origin, uh, and so to speak, the, the flame that lit the fire in me to start on this journey, um, over the course of time, uh, since all of this has taken place upon my family, uh, just different layers of, of the process have come to light with me and my wife, um, our ordeal that we have shared with our son. Um, and when I seen inclusion and diversity, I was like, wow, how ironic. But again, it's just the many uh, layers that have come to us. And it seems like every layer, we're like, wow, there it is. You know, everything is for a reason. And unfortunately, 
me and my wife had to come to the realization that the hate crime committed against our youngest son at his high school in his senior year this past March 2019, it had to happen. You know, it had to happen. It had to bring us to where we are today. Um, and it's not just us three, our son and my wife and myself, but also our other two children, his brother and sister. This all had to happen for a reason to get us where we are today. And it seems like everything I'm telling you uh, 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 in time order is happening for a reason. And so I seen the exclusion in diversity and I said, well, you know, I'm going to do, I chose that one. Um, and it didn't dawn on me until I came across this speech again, just, just researching and looking on different things on social media. And it hit me and I said, wow, let me share this. So uh, this is, this episode is to bring light to how I got the podcast started and why and the inclusion and diversity part um, and where I think how I think how I would like to go forward to improve on inclusion and diversity. Um, so I just want to start with what caught my eye with said, bam, here we go. So August 28, 1963, the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, gave his incredible speech. And in part, it says, and I quote, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, end quote. And, you know, many other great things were said in that speech, but that I thought touched directly to our situation and inclusion and diversity. You know, the four people that attacked our son uh, in this hate crime at his high school judged our son publicly on the color of his skin. That's, that's what they did. Not on the content of your character. You can ask anybody that knows my son. His character is outstanding. And I know I sound like a dad, but I've heard it from so many different people on how he carries himself, how mature he is, how he treats others. And, and it says to me this act, this act of hate and bigotry and terrorism that these people totally uh, ignored our son's character and said, we're going to judge him on the color of his skin, okay? And that's what happened. And so when we go with inclusion and diversity, quickly ask yourself, inclusion and diversity, who are we inclusion, including? What is diversity? You know, inclusion could be race, age, sexuality, religion, your physical ability, your mental ability, your socioeconomical status, um, diversity, again, race, age, everything. 
But in instead of getting overwhelmed and, and getting off track, our exclusion and diversity for me today in this episode is going to focus mainly on race. And and race could again how one describes race could cultural awareness, someone's ethnicity. Uh, so all of that to me is part of race. Um, but the crazy part about it is when we're talking about race, regardless if you are from Southern America, North America, Asia, Russia, Africa, it doesn't matter because at the end of the beginning of the day and at the end of the day we are all human beings period there is nothing else there's no human a there's no human b there's no human c it's just flat out humans we all have blood we all uh walk talk we do human things But like my mother used to say, we're humans, but we all are different. And that's what makes us special in our own unique way. In our own unique way. Maybe you're short. Maybe you're tall. Maybe you're thin. Maybe you have blonde hair. Maybe you have red hair. Maybe you have a beard. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have different eyebrows. Maybe your smile is different. Those are the little inner, uh, things that make us different, but at the same time makes us human. And that's where I think we need to go and focus on is that we're humans. So these folks that were in my son's class with him uh, decided to draw some SWAT stickers, uh, names, his name, his sporty plays, some penises, some references to lesbians, to disabled folks. And they judged our son on his skin. They didn't write, oh, he's an outstanding young man. They didn't write, he's a academic scholar. They didn't write, he's all conference in the sport he plays. They didn't write uh, how he uh, helps uh, the Challenger League uh, with disabled kids trying to play baseball. They didn't write how wonderful he is and how nice he is by laying reefs at the Veterans Cemetery. No, they judged him on the color of the skin and they wrote uh, in of other things, fuck blacks. Let that sink in. That is not inclusion and diversity. That is bigotry and hate. So, background, inclusion and diversity. My wife and I have three children and we have raised our children to be open-minded to understand people are different and that's totally cool. Um, you treat others the way you want to be treated. Even if they don't deserve it, give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying it's easy, 
but that's how we try to raise our kids so they don't have prejudice against someone else. We moved to a different part of the state because my wife and I are both from inner cities and we did not want that environment for our children. So we moved to what we considered uh, a better area to raise our children. Now, you know, we get backlash for that, <laughs> you know, because the, the whole, you know, you know that thing. You, you, you leave the ghetto or you leave the inner city. Now you think you're better than everybody else or, or you ain't black no more. Oh, yes, we get that. You ain't black no more. You think you're white, which is, I don't even understand that. I thought it's the pursuit of happiness and you want what's best for your children. But anyway, that's a different story. Um, so we moved and we allowed our children to grow, make friends with who they wanted to make friends with. And... They did. Now, as we met their friends, which we do, we're parents, we meet your friends. We're not judging your friends on their skin. We're judging your friends on their character. On their character. And we're going to introduce ourselves to their parents because I need to know the lineage of where this character is and how their parents treat others. There's no need to worry about what color they are. My children can plainly see that it's obvious, but it's the character inside them that makes the difference because I need you surrounded by people with high character. And so we allow that. And so to get to our son, um, his best friend since he was five, six years old have been Caucasian. Very, very fine young man. I hate to say Caucasian, but that's what we are for the point of this episode. My wife and I are uh, very close to these young men and their families. We know their families. Uh, we've been at each other's house. We've uh, man, had barbecues together, the whole gamut, you know, and I, it's not just one or two, it's multiple friends that are Caucasian. And he has multiple friends that are Latino and Asian and black and Samoan. But his inner circle, three or four are white. And that's totally cool. And so he didn't really care what you looked like. As long as you was cool, that's where he was. And so to make matters worse on this hate crime, this attack, our son has been playing baseball with a few of his friends uh, since five or six, maybe seven. Um, and in the baseball world, in the baseball circle, to be transparent, that that life is predominantly Caucasian. Generally, uh, when we go to tournaments, our son has been playing travel baseball since he was 10 years old, up until present day. And in that travel baseball world, you probably play a tournament every other month, year round, 
in different cities. We've been in different cities in California, Nevada, and Arizona. Maybe on a good tournament, you got, I don't know, 20 teams. Of those 20 teams in that entire tournament, every tournament, my son has been maybe one of four or five black kids in the entire tournament. Sometimes he's the only one. Let that sink in. So me and my wife are well aware of this. He's aware of it. It's nothing to discuss because it's facts. We've never had any problems. If there was going to be problems, that's where it would be. Now, did we run into some race problems? Maybe once or twice. Nothing that got totally out of hand. Um, But we figured if, 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 if something was going to happen along this inclusion and diversity, it would be there. One, because he was, if not the only one, maybe one of four or five. But it didn't to the, to the, for the most part. And that was his sanctuary. Baseball field was his sanctuary. And it still is. Don't get me wrong. And so then, uh, right before his senior year, we get invited to play for our all-black baseball team of young men of high character standards. I want to say out of the 15 or 18 young men on the team, maybe 90% of them, or maybe even 100%, were going to college. Some already had accepted scholarships to college. Well, we get to the first tournament, and we walk in, and I say to my wife, the atmosphere... You can feel the tension. It was like that old scene in the movie where uh, a person walks into a restaurant that they're not the majority in. Record stops, it skips, everyone turns and looks your head. Wow. And that's what the feeling was. So after that first night, I told my wife, I said, wow, I said, you know what? Someone needs to say something because it's plain, it's obvious that this is the only all black team in the tournament, which you never, ever see. And she was like, yeah, you're right, you know. And so we went on and the days went on. Uh, The Saturday came, they played. The team, his team was incredible. The talent, the baseball fundamentals that they displayed, incredible. Fairly and decisively beating teams without the, the showing up, the unsportsmanship. I don't play that. I don't allow my son to show up other people. That's not how you play. They beat them fair and square. The day of the championship game on Sunday, our team got judged by the color of their skin. Not by their character, not by the fundamental skills that they had on the baseball diamond, how they was carrying themselves outside the baseball diamond, but on the color of their skin. Names were hurled at them from the other team that was losing. And then tempers flared. That that team, my son's team, ended up playing, I want to, I think, three more tournaments. And every tournament, they dominated every team. And right before the championship, the other team that was not black, I don't even think they had a black player, would start hurling insults. 
judging not just my son, but the entire team by the color of their skin. Go into his senior year of baseball, and now we have the hate crime that was committed by his fellow students. Again, publicly judging him on the color of his skin. Inclusion and diversity, in order to have inclusion and diversity, we must, we must begin to judge people by their character. In, in today's world, we are bombarded with images that reflect what is perceived to be related to a specific ethnicity or race. Just, just in your mind, go over some things that you might think, oh, that's, that belongs in this category, that belongs in that category, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Instead of judging someone just by the human being they are, the spirit that they have when they walk into your presence, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. Now, I will say at this age where I am in my late 40s and for many other humans, you're probably in a space where you already have preconceived notions. So I like to put my effort towards young folks. I coach youth football. I coach six, seven, and eight-year-olds, and I try my very best not to only be a football coach and teach them the game of football in a safe fashion, but to encourage them to be open-minded to other people and other philosophies and other ideas so they can be well-rounded. I am not saying I can fix the world, but I am saying I'm doing my part because that's where it begins with our young folks. So to, to hurry up and get to, uh, to inclusion and diversity in our schools where our son was attacked, it's a problem in our school systems because these attackers, these terrorists, these bigots were afforded the ability to attack our son and then hide behind the school district, which hid behind the education code. Now, after our scenario in March of 2019, we find out two more almost exact similar down to the details attacks have occurred in Maryland and in the LA area of California. I mean, down to the spray painting, to the words, to the symbols, almost exact. And every time in the media, it reports that the school uh, is not saying nothing because of the education code. So quickly, I can only speak for California's education code and what I've come to find. The education code that covers hate crime, bullying, and threats of violence is so antiquated and vague. There's nothing in there that specifically describes what a hate crime is, what bullying is, what a threat of violence is. Oh, they got plenty of stuff on guns and drugs. 
but nothing on hate crimes. So, as the way it stands, every superintendent in the state of California has the opportunity to disseminate punishment as they see fit in regards to a hate crime and what they deem a hate crime. So these four terrorists only ended up with vandalism charges and got five day suspension. And I also know in LA's incident, they were charged with vandalism. <laughs> vandalism. So here you go. That vandalism falls under the spray painting. Now, when they spray paint SWAT stickers and fuck blacks, excuse my language, but that's what's there, um, and other images, now it's up to the superintendent to determine if that is a hate crime. So in our situation, the superintendent, in her words, says that the SWAT stickers and the fuck blacks is only an image, thus the vandalism. Same scenario if a student of color or any other uh, ethnicity other than white can draw a symbol depicting something they believe to be um, something they value and they draw that. Then that same superintendent can easily say that's uh, an image of hate and then go ahead and expel that student. So you see, we have a problem with inclusion and diversity and it starts with our young folks and it starts in our schools because they're afforded, they're afforded the opportunity to express hatred and then be hidden behind rules that protect them. So quickly, these same four terrorists that attacked our son drew those SWAT stickers and one of the SWAT stickers remained on campus in visible sight of every single student passing by for three weeks. Three weeks that SWAT sticker stayed on the school campus exposed to everyone to see. Now, you, you think the students, the terrorists that did this, they're looking at it like, we can do anything we want to. We're, we're not getting in trouble. We got a five-day vacation, no charges, nothing. Now they take that, and then you can see how it grows and manifests into other hate crimes, more vicious, more hurtful, more violent, and maybe even deadly. So... We have to do something going forward. And I would say, as far as inclusion and diversity, when we enter a, a situation or a meeting with someone different than we are, I think we should be careful on making predetermined judgments on that other person or group of persons. I think we should be careful on how we say things. Um, but at the same time, 
we still need to conversate and listen and learn and educate ourselves. I'm not saying you have to agree, but at least be human enough to listen. And then if you want to disagree and walk away, that's totally fine. But in order to move forward, in order for inclusion and diversity to exist, to overwhelm this country, this world, and to make it a better place for every human being, we have to start by treating each other like a human being. We cannot continue to judge folks by the color of their skin. So with that, um, I honestly don't know if I will have another episode before this new year comes 2020. I just want to thank you for everyone that has listened, that has left messages. Thank you. I did not think, uh, I didn't even think this would be a possibility, uh, but I want to I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening, for tuning in, uh, for being a part of this. I want to thank uh, my wife for being my very first guest. Without her, none of this is possible. Um, my other guests, I want to thank them so very much. They've been an integral part uh, of this. Uh, they've helped so much. I'm looking forward to 2020. We're working with them to make a better place. If it only starts in my little community, so be it. And hopefully we can do bigger things and and spread this this movement of inclusion and diversity and positivity and motivation, because that's that's the only thing that how we can build a better place for our young folks. So go out, shake somebody's hand, say thank you, hold a door, say good morning. Uh, just ask someone wholeheartedly how are you doing and listen to their response. See what they say. If you can go out and introduce yourself to someone who doesn't look like you and just say hello and see what comes of it. I'm not saying you have to invite this person in your house. I'm not saying you have to suddenly say, oh, that's a great person. I agree with everything. You say, no, but let's start the conversation to a better path with that beautiful people enjoy your holidays your christmas your hanukkah man kwanzaa have fun spend time with your family love them hug them hug someone else and please leave a message you can find me on facebook at Edward Russell. You can find me on Twitter at Fit Real Estate Agent One. Um, find me there. Leave messages. I post information that I think is, um, you know, directly affected or associated to what I'm trying to do. Um, I have so many people that I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, put their information out also that have resources and programs available. So leave a message. Thank you. Look forward to the episodes coming. 
the beginning of 2020. Again, I thank you. This is Smitty. I'm signing off, beautiful people. Merry Christmas.